0: Whoa, well, dudes, Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one! Yeah, and you are listening to Candair Podcast. It happens to be a tribute to comics and pop culture, like yours truly, Cowabunga!
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Canned your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today, we bring the creator of such games like Rampage, Xenophobe, General Chaos to the show, legendary artist, animator, and game designer Brian F. Collin. Brian, thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to have you, sir
0: it's great to be here and uh the legendary I'm not too sure about more like legend in my own mind but uh,
1: <laughs> I, I I appreciate you you know kind of playing along with that mythology oh don't play yourself down who doesn't know rampage come on that that one's that one's kind of a uh I I
0: can't even begin to to say how much that that silly little game has meant to me.
1: (laughs) I can't wait to hear uh, more about that. But before we do all that, we're going to be in our retro roundtable looking at our favorite video game characters from throughout pop culture, arcade, console, whatever it might be. Excited to do this, I think we've done it before years ago, but uh, I've got a refreshed list here and uh, excited to see what everyone has. And then after that we're gonna turn our full attention over to Brian and talk more about everything uh, he's got under his belt and all the amazing things he's created. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at canned air pod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And if you like what we're doing, you want to support the show and want to get access to a whole nother catalog of shows, 30 plus episodes we have there. Head over to patreon.com forward slash canned air pod, where for $5 a month you get access to the canned air Patreon pod posts once a month. And again, a catalog of over 30 episodes on there. Not bad for five bucks. If you ask me, if you are already like what you're hearing here, if you want to give us a call, 614-254-3332 Call and leave us a voicemail Shoot us a text message We want to hear from you Whether it be good, bad, happy, sad Ideas for the show Just to say hi, anything Once again, 614-254-3332 Gentlemen, what am I forgetting? Check
2: us out every morning on RedlineRadioLLC.com And on uh, their Facebook page, 7am to 9am We're the uh, morning show And yeah
1: Yeah, classic canned air. You get to see the episodes that uh, I guess are the the shoulders we're standing on uh, here. I guess that didn't make a lot of sense. Just old canned air episodes. Just go check the episodes that made us. The episodes that made us. Well put. Part of your
2: nutritious.
1: Go ahead, Brandy. Oh, sorry.
2: Part of your nutritious. Let's (laughs)
0: Let's
1: is that. Fuck it. It started yeah. off so well, though. I mean, yeah. it, it did. It started like it strong. Stop dead. Railroad yeah, but... Randy. <laughs> and with that, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here.
2: Come on. Do it now. Oh, my God. killed Kenny!
1: All right, our fi- favorite video game characters. Uh, I think I'll kick us off this week. I never start. As Go far as it. arcade games goes, uh, when it comes to uh, any turtle game, really, I think Donatello is the preferred turtle just because of the range of his weapon. Who would agree with mm-hmm. me here? Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you when think you that's said, why he was always my go-to exactly that's why he's everyone's go-to
3: except the nes version because all you could really do is get range hitting up or down
1: is that right or no 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 that's right he you could get he He did swing it straight out yeah the range was crazy and if yeah. you were playing with four people you were pissed if you were the fourth one that got stuck with Raphael, because you were just going to get beat up his range was horrible yeah. <laughs> mikey wasn't too much better he had a little bit more range. A little bit, but not much. Yeah, <laughs> not <right>. much.
0: <laughs> See, I'm all ready to go off on a tangent because uh, I, propo- I I remember the Turtles a little before you guys did, uh, back when they were still a black and white comic that nobody had discovered yet. And after we did Rampage, they said they wanted another multiplayer game, so I brought in this comic I got from the Underground Comic Store and pitched it to management, and they said, who the heck would ever play a game about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So they said no. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> that movie, The Wizard I Man. Not. I kid you not. But um, I digress. So let's get wow. back to favorite characters. Somebody's uh,
1: face that. had to be red, huh? <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Just a few years later, yeah, it was. It was kicking Midway's butt. It didn't come from Midway. <laughs> That's crazy. Man.
1: Someone swinging in a closet somewhere. How unfortunate!
3: <laughs> I remember that movie, The Wizard Man. That's got me excited to play the Turtles game, that the NES version, because they played that one all over the place. That's when they showcased what Mario three too, or Mario oh, two.
1: Right. See, i I've, n- I've never seen uh, that movie, and I just know it because it featured Mario three before it was released. I didn't realize the Turtle game was actually uh, showcased in there too. Uh, yeah, they played it a little bit. It was uh, got movies? about as much the screen wizards? time as Not the
3: wizards. No, Not the, the wizard. wizards, uh, Fred Savage. Yep, was yeah,
2: okay. All right, that sounds right. It was basically an extended Nintendo commercial, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. All right, that brings us around to Brian, a uh, favorite video game character.
0: Ah, uh, now, okay, now I gotta clarify now all of you know you have to know that all of my favorite characters are characters (laughs) i created because that's why i created them so is that fair or should i be going elsewhere it's it's fair very loose rules yes all right well then my first favorite video game character would be is one that no one's heard of very i shouldn't say no one but uh very few, because it's a very rare arcade game. It's the first arcade game I ever did where the management called me a designer. It was a few years before Rampage, but I'd only been there a couple of years, and I did a character named Zachary Zach Thwacker. and it was for a game called Zwackery. So that's a mouthful, and that's why you'll never hear it discussed on the radio or <laughs> anywhere. But he was a small he was a small wizard character. Uh, he had a shield and a sword at all directions. It used the Dis of Tron kind of control, so you're spinning your sword around, spinning your shield around, and it was an attempt to do a kind of a comic Dungeons & Dragons game where you nice. uh, followed this frog that it, by the end of the game, if you got through it, you'd you know, kiss her and she'd turn back into a sexy woman, and it was a ridiculous <laughs> game, but he, he had to be my first favorite. Game character And I'm, I apologize for all of you that can't relate But it'll give you something to look up You know, here since we're all spending more time At home, see if you can find sure. Zwackery out there
1: I, I would say it's just a game to try and say the name Of the character five times fast oh, That's exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised I made it through once I'm surprised <laughs> I made it through once
1: Oh, I will look so that Zach up That's interesting Zach
2: Swacker was my guy okay who's up next
1: randy <laughs> let's do it randy
2: sure sure i'll go all right um one character i'd like to kind of reminisce about a little bit is uh donkey kong jr there was a pizza place slash arcade here in delaware uh back when i was little and they used to have the donkey kong jr cabinet and uh, i always remember playing him and i'm like wow you know this is a fun character and then i never saw him again i think he was in like two other Nintendo games, like one for uh, Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo and then something on Virtual Boy, but he just kind of disappeared into the ether. But... Um I just remember he was kind of cool.
1: I was always uh, under the impression, as far as Nintendo continuity goes, with the release of like the Donkey Kong Country games, that like the original Donkey Kong Junior is who we know as Donkey Kong now, and like the yeah. very original Donkey Kong is like the old man grandpa in the
2: Donkey Kong. Games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Technically, that's right, but it's just the the whole model of him. And they're just he just disappeared. But uh, yeah, I guess that would make more sense. So I one of my
0: favorite convention characters that they, that they had, uh and this is years back, but they had a big Donkey Kong Jr. costume, you know how they do it at conventions. And the right. guy was fantastic, man. He was uh you know, quite the actor, somewhere deep inside, you know. But he was an absolute <laughs> ape out on the floor, you know.
1: Sure. It's funny, uh, I uh used to subscribe to Nintendo Power back in the nineties and I still have in the closet. I know exactly where it's at. uh, This ominous VHS came in the mail one day that just was in a package covered in like uh, palm tree leaves. Didn't have any explanation on it, really. And you put it in and it was a uh, about a 20 minute video, which was pretty much just a a, a commercial for this new game that was coming out called Donkey Kong Country and how state of the art. And, uh, you know, good-looking a game it was. And it's funny because all these years later, when you go back and look at uh, 8- and 16-bit games, sometimes you think, man, how did I play this? But to this day, that game still looks gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous.
0: Yes, it does. Actually, I think that was the convention they were promoting was when that came out. And that was was what they had the character out there for. They had a huge display at CES that year.
1: Solid games. And they've held up over the years. Every one that comes out has been a really good game. They became nearly impossible when they hit the Wii, but still fun. <laughs> still fun nonetheless. Which brings us around to Jack.
3: I've got to go with Sonic the Hedgehog. Hmm. Yeah. Back when he was just a little blue Sonic or a little blue hedgehog scrolling around the screen on the Sega, once they got into the cartoons and gave him more of a, like a personality and a kid's point of view, I guess. I don't know. Just more of the kid's personality. I didn't like him as much. I always liked the way he was just like this little tough-ass guy that would just sit there frowning all the time. Like You couldn't touch him back in the game. He had more attitude, I think. More badass well, he attitude.
0: Pandering to the lowest common denominator. You know? it's just like, you know, <laughs> when they start talking down to kids, you know it's time to move
3: on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Even though I did enjoy him in the in the Sonic movie, I have yet to see it.
2: I didn't see that yet.
0: I still haven't seen it.
2: It's it's worth watching if you have kids,
0: and if you don't. Well, my kids my kids are thirty five, thirty two, thirty thirty and thirty two now. So. <laughs> well, it depends well, on how I big got to, of kids I got to they are. Two on you guys. Well, I, I my wife and I got married when we were seven. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, uh, God. good pick though. Go ahead.
2: I was I was always more of a Knuckles fan personally. I just when I, my first experience with Sonic was on uh, Sonic Three, so I just was enjoyed playing him more so is that, than.
3: Sonic. Is that when Knuckles came around, or is that when they had that that cart extension that you could plug in Sonic, or that just let you play Knuckles in the regular game?
2: So the Sonic and Knuckles card did lock on to Sonic 3. And originally it was supposed to be one game, but they broke it apart into two. I think Sonic 3 came out like six months before the, the lock on cartridge did for Knuckles. And yeah. you could actually take and plug the Knuckles cart in or the Sonic and Knuckles cart, and then plug like Sonic 2 on top of it and play like Sonic 2 with Knuckles.
3: All that was, it was like an early hack of games like the homebrew stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I remember seeing it because you can.
3: It was just a cart with an extra cart plug-in on the top of it, kind of like how the Game Genie was. Right.
2: Yeah, it was its own. It was its own game, but you could still use that functionality for
3: other games. I don't even know what a Knuckles is. <laughs> I Know what a Sonic and the Tails
1: are? <laughs> I guess I see. I didn't grow up with a Sega, kind of like you, Jack. You said you didn't grow up with a Nintendo, so I only ever played Sega when I was at somebody's house. So I didn't really have a. Uh, Strong connection with Sonic coming up, but uh, I guess my first Sonic game that really grabbed my attention that I played the crap out of was Sonic Adventures uh, 2 on the GameCube. Yeah. Oh my God, what an amazing game that was, an amazing soundtrack, just every level just was stimulating as all hell, and with the amazing soundtrack that went with it, you could play it a million times and still feel just as pumped on that final level as the first time.
2: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it's like the end of a uh, Halo when you're driving the warthog out of the big ship before it blows. <laughs> you're against the timer. That you know, that uh, that nervousness, that uh, anticipation, or whatever—it's it, it's always there. No matter how many times you play it, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: You're pausing the game every five minutes and wiping your palms off because they're yeah. really.
1: <laughs> <perfecting>. <laughs> I got this this time. I was at the store
3: the other day and I saw that they sell thumb sweatbands. What? what? Yeah, like I don't—I've never had a problem with my thun, thumbs dripping sweat down onto my thumbsticks
1: playing games. I want to see the ass with the. I'm, glad, I'm glad
0: you went on with that because I'm sitting here going, "They're selling thumb sweat bands. Who the hell is thumbs, and what kind of video game is this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm caught up. Terry cloth rubber bands for your thumbs. I don't even know if they're like. What if you got big thumbs? You're just sitting there playing with blue thumbs, and all of a sudden they fall off, so you run out of
1: circulation. <laughs> I think thumbs is just knuckles' uh, distant cousin or something. (laughs) Yeah, dropping stuff all the time.
0: Maybe that's where my head was at. I got (laughs) knuckles and I miss thumbs somewhere. It makes
1: sense. I wonder what this is. My clumsy cousin, thumbs. I would love to see what a character named Thumbs would look like in the Sonic world. Maybe we have to <laughs> g- commission someone to do that for us.
2: <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm guessing he's going to have a Brooklyn accent, just like mobster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I keep be- commissions. I don't know if we can plug, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk after these shows over.
1: <laughs> All right. I guess my uh, next pick would be. Um, Mainly from Captain America and the Avengers arcade game, but really any game that Captain America's in. Captain America is just the preferred character because of that freaking shield. You know what I mean? Yep. You can just throw it and wing it around. <laughs> you don't have to get close to anybody. It's just it's it's the Donatello of the Avengers, I guess.
3: Well, when I remember playing that game. You could be Hawkeye and just swing your bow back
1: and forth. And that was your shield. Oh, that's right. He just held it out in front of him and just like lightly waved it back and forth. Like, better not fuck with him.
0: I'm seeing a pattern here between Donatello and Captain America. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think we stumbled onto something, a a deep arcade secret here. But I even think of uh, Jack, what was the uh, Ultimate Alliance game? The Marvel Mm -hmm. Ultimate Alliance game where you could pick, you know, from so many different Marvel uh, Universe characters. But I remember him, like one of his main moves was not even he'd throw it like straight out in front of himself, but he would throw it and it would circle around himself. So he was like at times just really untouchable.
3: Wasn't there some times where it would kind of like pinball around too? It yeah. like bounce ricochet off at of different places, you get so like it would a hit all over the place. Or something
1: that it would like ping between all the enemies in your vicinity, or something. And then yeah. you'd have the Teen-Em-Up moves, where like
3: anyone that had a projectile would shoot at the shield, and it would just shoot in all directions too, because it had the curve of the shield on it. Do you see why he's my favorite? Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was pretty badass in the uh, all the uh, Capcom games too, like Marvel superheroes and uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Like, his uh, shield throw was pretty badass to do in that game, too.
1: Yeah, I feel like he'd be hard-pressed to find a game that features Captain America where you're like, oh, I think he's kind of a weenie. You know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> he's always going to be bringing the A-game. It's Cap. <laughs> all right, that brings us back around to Brian.
0: Probably my favorite character in all video games, though. I did the first one because it was chronological, but I got to go with George in Rampage. Uh, oh, yeah. George in Rampage... In his human form in the original arcade, um, when that first uh, screen scrolls up and tells you how they all these humans got turned into monsters, the human picture of George is me. The human picture of Lizzie is my wife, and the human picture of Ralph is uh, my partner, Jeff Nauman, the programmer. Really? Get out of here. uh, So George, for obvious reasons, is my favorite, and... uh, (laughs) It's funny, you know, you you do the game, and it's been a long time ago, and the memory's not worth anything anymore. But uh, I still remember all George's secrets and bits in the game, you know. And you, 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 that girl in the red, the blonde in the red dress, if you grab her, nobody will shoot at you, that kind of stuff. George was the guy. He was the first one I did creating the art. Um, And then, you know, 30-some years later, when they finally got around to doing some you know, serious marketing on this game and made a movie out of it. George was the only one that still had the humanity in him in the movie. So it's just like, That's awesome came full circle for me. I was so glad, you know, George is the guy. George is the good guy in the movie. And, you know, he was, I mean, they're victims, let's face it, because they're just poor <laughs> people that accidentally got turned into these large, hungry beasts. And, you know, people shot at him, you know, police shot at him, National Guard, everybody they just you know empathy and the heart and everything george is my guy
2: i've got a question real quick and it's another like rabbit trail but when you were commissioned to do rampage where did you build the game around yourself as george or did you come up with a premise and then kind of create these characters to fill those voids
0: well, we're, well, we're skipping into the second half, but okay. Sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody, I mean, I was an animator long before I was, I mean, a, a film animator before I was a, you know, stumbled into video games and the, and I was so I was a Ray Harryhausen fan and, you know, I okay. did stop motion. I did, you know, I was a cartoonist too, so I did everything. And I wanted to do big characters. I did games like Diss of Tron were my early games and stuff like that, where the characters were small and you couldn't really see much and I wanted to do comedy and I wanted to do facial expressions and I wanted I wanted to, you know, that was that's just my nature. And George was an ape because, you know, my Ray Harryhausen love for, you know, King Kong and Mighty Joe Young and that kind of stuff. But really the game came out of the fact that um we couldn't do stuff that other game companies could do with our hardware. We couldn't scroll our backgrounds, we couldn't animate our backgrounds, and I was fighting with them one day, and it's just like, you know, I, why don't you give us this? I don't care what it takes. So I need to be able to do big characters, and we could only do that on background, and he's like, no, we can't do it. Just forget it. There's nothing we can do except animate a rectangle. What are you going to do with an animating rectangle, Brian? And I looked at Sharon, one of the other artists, and I said, okay, so a building collapsing into itself, that's an animating rectangle, and what knocks down buildings and you know, from that moment, the whole team we knew we had it. I mean, right That's there awesome. is how the game came about. Wow. It was it was more about the fact that they were telling us we couldn't do something, and just kind of thinking outside the box and going, okay, then this is what we'll do. And it, I mean, it's totally bass backwards. I mean, the fact that you know, it, it's more about the limitations of the system that made it all possible. And then and then once you got the theme of knocking down buildings, then you know, then then you had to do a You had to do a lizard, uh, although the sprite limitations meant it couldn't be a giant, bottom-heavy lizard like Godzilla. And then the third character came about because we didn't have enough art to support a whole new third character, so we just changed the color palette on George and put a wolf's head on him, and uh, that became Ralph like you said you just you just totally screwed me out of uh, 10 minutes of great talking <laughs> i'm glad you brought it up now sorry i'm such an asshole my bad of, people don't you know are very rabid about which character they play on that game i it's fun it's fun to hear the feedback from i only play lizzie because lizzie does this the best or i only play ralph you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything by telling everybody they have exactly the same identical abilities. But, uh, so, so we can edit that out, right?
1: <laughs> oh, everything. It's staying. It's staying. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh, that brings us around to Randy.
2: So another favorite character of mine was uh, Zero from the Mega Man X series. Mm. Um, I remember getting that cartridge on my Super Nintendo and just the first like five minutes you're introduced to him, and you get your ass kicked as Mega Man. And then out of off screen comes this red freaking awesome dude with a sword that just beats the boss to hell. And I'm like, I want to freaking play as that guy. And sadly I wouldn't get my chance for a while because I never got the other two games until it came out on X4 or on PlayStation. Cause the other two Super Nintendo games were super expensive. So mm. I digress.
1: Man, those were fun games. Mega Man X games. Yes. My god. I hated Mega Man. Maybe Mega Man hated you, Jack. <laughs> oh, he probably did.
3: Good. <laughs> it was so hard you had to you had to do it a certain pattern because of the bosses. Sega loving bastard, and you had to figure out which one to fight first. That was
2: Jack the just part. wants to go fast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mega Man's too slow pace. He didn't look like the cover. He was a little squat guy, not a a person like he was on the, the cover art.
1: Oh, you're talking about the first game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was Randy, right? Yep. Jack. My what turn. What you got, Jack? I have Hagar from the
3: Final Fight Games. Oh, my okay. God. Where else could you have a, a city, a mayor from a city, or a city mayor that's, what, seven foot tall and
1: built huge? Gets his well, where girl. was um, Jesse Ventura mayor of? Well, that's true, Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> get his daughter
3: kidnapped, and then he goes on a rampage to get a go beat up the, the crime syndicate that stole her, and he goes out wearing a pair of corduroy bibs and just wails Not on everybody.
1: Well, what more do you mean? I know. eating street ham. Street ham. (laughs) It's like, man, I'm depleted. Thank God there's a ham under this trash can I can consume.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then his big move is just spinning around in a circle with his fist extended and it just takes out everybody.
1: (laughs) Wasn't that the sound effect? (laughs) Or something? I think that's
3: when he did his jump. Like he does this huge body splash on people. Yes,
1: you're right. That's a lot of muscle coming down on you, isn't it?
3: Yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> but if you play multiplayer, you had he like took up a lot of the screen, so you had to really pay. I mean, you didn't get to see if you're the smaller characters fighting with them. You had to really kind of, get out of the way, Hagar. Can't
1: yeah, see if I was it. any of those henchmen, knife or no, I'd be running because that dude towered over them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. I guess um, my next pick will be... Uh, from the Force Unleashed level, the very first level of the first Force Unleashed game, you get to play as Darth Vader, and it's not even really a level where you have to um, really accomplish anything except from getting to one side to the other. The, the gameplay is really there only to build the story. But they just make you damn near invincible. So from between point A when you're getting off your ship to point B where, you know, your destination is, you just have waves of, uh I think it was maybe like uh Wookiee, uh, like soldiers. I can't remember who you were fighting, but there were just waves of enemies coming in that you could just brush to the side with the force and just slay so easily. And I remember... Um, You know, I had a save game on that, but there were times I'd board where I'd just go to a new slot and uh, start a second game just where I could play that first level over and over again because you felt felt so badass. So you get
3: beat during the game, so you're like, that's it. I'm going to go beat Darth Vader and kill (laughs) everyone.
1: It's the only time you get to play as Darth (laughs) Vader. You know, it's it's just, again, story building at the very, very beginning. But, um, man, it's fun. It's so fun. It, It reminded me a lot of that hallway scene from Rogue One. Just that mm. same kind of feeling. No matter what's coming at you, just a few swipes of the lightsaber, a raise of the hand, and people are just done for. Makes me. I got to play like that game again. What? I remember. I,
3: I remember. I know how you feel because I I've got that too. And I didn't get too far in it, but I definitely remember that. Just walk around, just owning people. Yeah. Is Vader not so, to care in the
1: world? Just destroy. Fuck these wookies. <laughs> 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 All right. That brings us back around to Brian.
0: Really here already
1: here already.
0: Okay. All right. Um, characters. Um, I guess I got to go to Xenophobe. I got to go to Xenophobe. That was, uh, for those who don't remember it, uh, it it was an arcade game again. Um, one of my early ones from the eighties, uh, we're probably in the second half of the eighties now, like 86 or 87. And, uh, well, I had just seen the movie Aliens, so it was a parody. You have to walk through the spaceship with whatever selected characters, and it was a three-player game, and you had to destroy aliens. And the alien species is my favorite character. So technically, even though there were a lot of different like creatures that you had to kill, it was all one species. It started as an egg and then turned out in, tur- turned into these things that were like armored armadillos that we called the roller babies and uh then from there they turned into giant leaping sort of six foot tall acid spitting earthworms called uh i think uh, they were snotter pillars snotter pillars (laughs) and then eventually from there they evolved into this giant headed guy who uh peek around the corner and, and throw turd balls at you and um or hypnotize you if you looked at them for too long. And uh, that that species, I, I always regret that I never gave the species a name, but uh, that one, that uh, variations on that one alien species, I'm going to count as one character in Xenophobe, because the human characters were all virtually the same, just wearing, you know, different shirts. I mean, I think the, uh, and then they all had bad, bad puns for names like, you know, Colonel F. Truth or Doc Utterbay <laughs> or uh, <laughs> Colonel Chicken or Doctor's Orders or um, what was the other? Oh, Mr. Embrace was always my favorite. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but I was always in love with bad puns. But the really the best character in that is the bad guy who appeared in all sorts of variants and xenophobe.
1: You know, you you uh, obviously can't uh, name them and put it into the original game, but you can write here on air and officially give that whole species a name right now.
0: Oh crap! You put me on the spot. After second <laughs> um. Uh, now,
1: I'll tell it. you what. We'll can't just we'll just glide past this. If a name comes up, just let us know.
0: I tell you what. You'll we'll have, we'll have the you'll have the name by the time this airs. You will have the name. I don't. I okay. don't. I don't perform well on command, but, and I don't perform well even with time. But, I uh, so yeah, you'll have you'll have the species name. Let's do that. Yeah, I like the whole idea.
1: Perfect. I cannot wait to hear what this is going to be. <laughs> uh, and with that, I think uh, maybe we should move on. Unless uh, Jack, Randy, you had any more selections you wanted to mention? Um, oh, I it- think I'm good. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's just turn our attention Mm -hmm. over to Brian and start talking about uh, his amazing career in arcade games. Brian, thanks again for being here. And I just guess we start asking, where did you uh, get into video game creation? How did your journey into creating arcade games start?
0: I went to school for film, kind of fell back on animation because, you know, when you're in high school, all your friends will show up anywhere to help you make a movie and you can have fun doing that. And you get to college and when it's costing money, And then people drop out and then you've just wasted a semester and, you know, a few thousand bucks. So I switched over to animation in college because I could draw. And um, I won a lot of international awards for a film I did. And, you know, I went out to New York just knowing, you know, I you know, I went to National Lampoon and yeah, Hey, this is great. This is beautiful. You're going to have no trouble finding a job somewhere else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's, that's pretty much all I heard. And I came back and uh, flipping hamburgers and I answered an ad at Bally Midway one day and I'm thinking pinball, pinball art. I could, you know, my style would be good for that. And so I went in and, and, Started talking to them. They said, "Well, we've seen your we've seen your your animated film, and no, this is a job for animation for video games." And I'm like, "Video games? I think I knew of you know Gunfight and the uh, Magnavox Odyssey." I'm going a little before your time, guys. <laughs> and I'm just like, I you know, smile plastered on my face, going, uh, "Yeah, uh, sure, okay." And we had a great interview and talked to us, and, and, you know, it started going really well, and I, I knew I had to get out of this, you know, and I said, you know, to the guy, George Gomez, great mechanical engineer back there, game designer, pin, doing pinball for Stern right now. And I said, look, you know, I've got a successful ad agency. I, you know, I don't want you to, I, you know, I'm very ex- excited about the possibility of coming to work for you, but, uh, you know, I have a ex- successful a agency. And I, you know, you're going to have to pay me more than like two to three hundred dollars a month. And um, George didn't say anything at the time later. He's like thinking to himself, yeah, I think a big video game company. I think we can do better than that. And they called me and they offered me the job. And I was kind of heartbroken uh, because they were going to pay me like actual money, not just the kind of free (laughs) beer and popcorn I've been working for. And I turned to one of my buddies. I was was actually with a group of friends at a wedding when I got the call. And I said, that's it. I hung up the phone. I looked at him. I said, I choked up. I said, that's it. Childhood's over. I've got a real job. And boy, was I wrong. (laughs) In every respect. I mean, I got to be a kid for the next, uh, you know, close to, getting close to four decades now. Uh, that was 1982, and it's never been anything like a real job, and childhood never ended. And that's how I backed into it. And it was the very first game I worked on. It was very limited hardware, horrible, 16 colors is all we had to work with, or that's what we were initially told anyway. And But it was Discs of Tron. And for anybody that remembers that it was a full 3D game using a silvered mirror technique, it was the sequel to Tron, and the guy who was working on that was a perfectionist, and it blew me away. It, for, for a system that old to totally give you a 3D, you know, you're throwing Frisbees, it was the 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 you know the, the Sark versus uh, Tron bit in the, from the movie, and if you've ever seen that game in real life in the arcade, if you haven't, hunt one down and see it. It's totally immersive. It it was incredible experience, and it totally changed my mind. Within the first few weeks of working there, it's like I have found my calling because wow. as an animator, film animator, you know, you draw for weeks and then you film for nights, and then you send away the film, and then you get it back a few weeks later. And in, and in this new industry that. You know, it was just a bunch of us in a little, little offices crammed uh, near the factory. We didn't, weren't, weren't even part of the factory in those days. We were just a little group. They left us alone. It was kind of an animal house sort of vibe. And I could be working on something in the morning and seeing it playing in the game across the hall that afternoon. Wow. So that the kind of, the, the, it was such a real, it was a rush. It was organic. I mean, it was one of those jobs that you got there as early as you could in the morning and you didn't go home. I mean, I would put a cot under my desk in my office, you know, under my my because uh, you just didn't want to go home. It was so much fun to do. Uh, so that's how I got into the industry. And, you know, within months, it just everything changed within months. Uh, it was just like this is this is too good to be true. And it pretty much has for the next 38 years.
1: What, a, what an amazing journey that must have been. And even more amazing uh, to then 30 years later uh, be told that your creation is going to be made into a movie, the Rampage movie. What was that like getting that call?
0: <laughs> that was that was incredible. That was incredible. I'd heard like about five or seven years ago now that uh, – the project was was being picked up because Midway was Valley Midway was bought out by their competitors, Williams, in the late '80s, and I was one of the designers that they kept. And and uh, actually, there were only two of us myself and my pal Jeff. And then they were bought out, and they were bought out, and finally, Time Warner picked them up, and nothing ever happened. And then about five years ago, I or seven years ago, I I heard that they were someone was considering doing the movie, and so I wrote to Time Warner and said, Hey, you know, original creator uh, of the game. And I've got all these backstories and, you know, that we really expanded in world when we did world tour. And, you know, so, you know, if you want to know any of the characters, you want to know any of the motivations, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, got a polite, you know, no, thank you. And that was about it. Oh <laughs> man. And then I, I heard they were shooting in Chicago and I got a call or I got an email from a casting Person in the casting who was doing the casting, and they knew, found out I was the designer, and said, would well, you want to come out and be an extra?" It's like, "Oh yes, it's going to be awesome!" You know, I can't get any better than this. So I went out. And it was you know everybody was wonderful, and and it was a lot of work to be a an extra, and and then somebody told uh, the unit director who I was, and be, before I know it, there all the extras are waiting on the sidewalk, and we spent the afternoon shooting a cameo. Of the Willis Tower falling on top of me, and I'm running behind the
1: camera, <laughs> and car.
0: Can't get any better than this. It's just so gorgeous, you know. It was all—it was incredible. And I mean, you know, you can't see me, but I have dimples, and my freaking dimples were on the top of my head. I, was <laughs> I mean, and and then a couple weeks later, after that, I get this call from um, Hi, Brian. I'm I'm John McCart, and it's like. I'm, uh, And it's like, I know who you are. This is the producer who was behind Rampage, the movie. And and he says, well, I know who you are. And uh, I've been wanting to call you for years, but uh, for, you know, legal reasons and blah, 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 blah. And the red tape, they, they, but you said, but they can't stop me anymore because, uh, because you're an extra in the film, you're part of the process. You want to come down and hang out and meet everybody during the last week of shooting? And it's come down to the studio and Seth's like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so it was, I mean, every time I think it couldn't get better, it got better. I can't even begin to go into how cool everybody was to me on the set, on the studio. I was there during, you know, the filming of some of those final scenes at the end, and meeting, you know, meeting George, the actor who played Jason Lyles, who played the the character George in the movie i swear you can see this it, i i have such a huge respect now for everything that's going on and i'm rambling so stop me if i if i need to No, but, we're
1: hanging on and every then the word. Rock shouts, yeah.
0: They're in the middle they're in the middle of one of the scenes there at the end with Dwayne and, and Naomi Harris and, and all of a sudden i'm taking a picture with uh, some of the producers and and the director and all of a sudden i hear stop stop i got to be part of this and he comes they come running down And, I mean, it was just, you you can't even imagine how wonderful it is. And I'm really going to, and then we got invited to the premiere. Oh, cool. The only, and a couple weeks before the premiere, I had a a friend of mine say he saw a test screening, and I've got this huge close-up where the building's coming down behind me. And it's just like, my wife and I are sitting at the premiere, and I'm just like, okay, here it is, here it is, here it is. Where is it? And the first thing, we go to the after party and that was, you know, I'm geeking out there as well because now I'm meeting these, some of the people I didn't meet when I was at the studio, I'm getting to meet them. And then, but the first thing the producer says to me, is like... Well, how'd you, well the f- second thing. First thing was, how'd you like the movie? Love the movie. And the second thing was, well, I'm really sorry, but Warner Kim came in three weeks ago and made us cut out about 30 minutes of Easter eggs. So you ended up on the cutting room floor. Mm. Uh, so that, that's the only, but I did end up on the DVD in an interview, so. I feel go. like I'm nice. talking about this way too much but as
3: you Not can tell, at all yeah
0: it was a, it was a bit of a rush and I'm still I'm still a few inches I still float in a few inches off the ground every time we get to talk
1: about it. Oh, I, I who could blame you? I mean to be <laughs> in that setting around all these people around this huge production and to stop in the middle of it all and think all of this is only here because thirty years ago, I was trying to figure out what to do with the triangle. For a exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know, oddly enough, I never. I really didn't think about that. I, I was geeking out as a pure fan. I really was. Everything about. I mean, I was a filmmaker, so I was looking at what was going on with you know the shooting the interior shots, watching the this entire. Uh, jet the, you know, cargo plane on cables inside the studio while outside in the hundred and five degree heat, the, you know, the actors are doing their thing in the streets of Chicago. It everything about it was so much just taking it in until until people like Dwayne said, you know, how much he appreciated the game as a kid and, you know, that kind of thing. And they were all everybody was so nice to me but i really didn't think of it so much as what i'd done as what they were doing with it and i really loved what they were doing with it i really liked what i really liked the take sure. they took they they did
1: with it i don't even mean in a sense where you're kind of standing in there shining your nails on your shirt saying look at what i've done i'm just <laughs> i'm just saying more it's just the creation process is incredible and how just yeah. some people trying to figure out how to make a video game can 30 years later be a big Hollywood production. It's incredible. It's an absolutely pro- uh, incredible uh, progression. I love that. That's a great story.
0: It's, it is. It, it is. It's. Uh, it was, let's just say, it, it was all right. You know, it a sure. pretty good time.
1: <laughs> well, another thing you know, that had I'm, to have been. I'm shining my fingernails on my shirt now. I'm, I'm in that mode. now. That out, <laughs> I, yeah, I I'd say you've earned it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and another thing that has to be surreal is recently uh, being inducted into the International Video Game Hall of Fame. Can you tell us about that?
0: That was uh, a, another surprise out of nowhere. Um, that was just this past year. And um, I actually, I you know, I thought I was in it about 20 years ago. No, I'm sorry. I'm still in the... <laughs> your, your nails on
1: your shirt. Take your nails off your shirt um, there, Brian. <laughs> all right.
0: Sorry. Okay. Um, no, that was really great. That was... Uh, that's uh, Walter Day and Friends, basically, is how I think of that that whole group. It's only recently since Rampage that I discovered that, you know, my games It's only the last, man, I want to say, not even 10 years, nine, 7 or 8 years that I realized that the arcade game, the world, is still out there, but it's in a whole different shape. Sure. And I started meeting people who... I still make games, and I've been making games for a while, but I'm always just pretty much focused on what I'm working on or what I'm going to do next. I really don't follow the industry. So I didn't realize that there were groups that, uh, you know, I didn't realize collectors were such a big thing. I didn't realize that arcades were coming back or trying to. I didn't realize that there were There was an international video game hall of fame, quite honestly, and uh, until just a few years ago, when uh, Doc Mack of the Galloping Ghost here and I first met, uh, and he kind of opened my eyes and started having me go to shows and stuff like that. Over the last few years, then I've met enough people that, much to my surprise and delight, still remember, you know, what I was doing. Thirty some years ago, the International Hall of Fame thing, I think, is is kind of part of that. In the fact that I was, you know, inducted this year, is that for whatever reason. Well, I know back in the day, they wouldn't even call anyone a designer. I mean, you know, the companies didn't, you know, at least at Bally Midway, you know, no, you're an animator, you're this, you're this. Who's in charge? Well, depends on what day it is and what we're doing. They didn't really call people designers, so designers back then, in the 80s anyway, didn't really get the credit, uh, the people, you know, it's not just the designers, it's the whole team, but no, nobody was really getting the credit. We used to, you know, you look at a spy hunter cabinet, we snuck our initials into the art, or we, we, that's really what Easter eggs were back in the early days, was just the designers putting their names in the games. So this International Hall of Fame thing feels, if I think about it logically, it feels very late in my career to be getting this because basically what they're talking about is the stuff I was doing 30 years ago. That's kind of what they singled me out for. I see. But the fact that it happened at all is just, you know, another one of those, this is too good to be true kind of things because now, you know, you're you're out there and you're on the stage with like a Trip Hawkins and I'm meeting some of these people that, you know, I used to do games for EA back in the day and never, never met am uh, boy, I'm rambling all over the place. No, you're uh, not good. <laughs> I, see, um, we got to talk about something that's not as uh, not as uh, emotional for me. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> that. something that I can dial it down with.
1: Well, it's just hearing your story, you know, creating some of the best arcade games of all time, watching one of them become a big Hollywood movie, being inducted into the International Video Game Hall of Fame, and you downplay the title legendary. I'm I'm yeah. surprised by that. <laughs> You've done some great work uh, that, and definitely made your mark you. on pop culture.
0: Thank you. That's that's the that's the biggest, most wonderful thing of all is you know, doing these shows that I do now, um, when they can happen, not like this spring. But doing the shows and meeting people who, you know, come up and say, This is, you know, the game me and my best friend used to play or this is the game. You know, my, you know, I used to play with my dad or, you know, I play this with my daughter or <laughs> anymore, I play this with my grandkids. I knew, you know, back in the day, I knew I was having fun. I was making something. But basically, I was making it for me. OK, the fact that I lucked out and it was popular and it earned money and that, you know, it kept me working and all that kind of stuff. That's great. But I was making it for me. And I knew that the kids in my neighborhood knew about it because, you know, I've still got games in my basement. And, you know, when my kids were growing up, everybody come down here when it was raining outside. So but to realize, again, at my age and 30 years later, that to be to know that you're part of someone's memories and and their good memories, their happy memories. I mean, that's so incredible to feel. It's humbling. And I I mean, I'm just so grateful for the fact that people do remember because I wasn't thinking of it in those terms. I, I was I was thinking of it as I am having this one. And look, I've got proof that I got one because I stole a header and wheeled an arcade game out the back door. And look, I can prove I made this. Um, we can edit that part out too. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's been wonderful. I've been, I have been truly blessed.
1: I really have. What an amazing journey. It's uh, funny, as many creators as we ha- have had on the show some of the most amazing projects, whether it be a comic, whether it be, you know, a television show, whether it be a video game, some of the best material. We've heard many times people say, you know, I wasn't creating this for someone. I created something I wanted to play, something I wanted to read, something I wanted to watch. And that's when you get, uh, I think, your best content.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I will talk. I'll have design seminars and stuff like that, or I'll talk to colleges and There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this game has so much, but I want to do a mod. That's a great way to learn how to do games, and that's a great way to have them. But basically, I I would literally, when I'd go to a trade show back in the day, I would scour the the trade show floors looking at all the games, mainly to find out there was nothing too close to what I was working on. Because if someone's doing a great football game, I don't need to do a great football game. If, If I'm already playing this that's fun, what do I want to play that's not out there? that's a great motivator and it's a great, I don't know. It's just, it's just, for me, I think that the creation for me, people are like, I felt a little bad in the first half of the show where you guys are talking about your games and there are only a couple of your characters that I could even, okay, I know who that is. I know who that is because I've watched my kids play those games (laughs) because I've never (laughs) been, I don't, play games as much as people might think and I don't follow the industry as much because for me the joy the fun is in the creating the fun is in creating this world for the player and and you know sometimes it's duping the player and sometimes it's fooling the player and sometimes it's rewarding the player but whatever you've got to do that whole process is the creative process that's fun and it is all about for me, and I like it sounds like for the people you've talked to and had on the show is it's about there's nothing out there like this. Let's do it. And right. that's that's just part of the fun, the creation.
1: And a recipe for success, it sounds like, right? <laughs> I won't go that
0: far. <laughs> I've I've had my share of turkeys too. We yeah. we all know <laughs> we we may know my good name, you know, but I mean there's always Patooie Louie. I always talk about Patooie Louie. Petui Louie was a, a game in which the player was a bikini-clad, fur bikini, fur, fur bikini-clad, wearing cave woman who threw boomerangs from the back of a giant red watermelon-eating pterodactyl who would leap into the air, and then you'd throw the bur- boomerangs, and your pterodactyl would spit watermelon seeds at giant invisible killer beats. And I have no idea why that one didn't take off. Really it's got not. everything, I, you know. Yeah, you would think, right? So, yeah, just, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you necessarily should. So right. it, that's that's also. It, it doesn't always work out, but it's always fun.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. What a, what an awesome awesome career you're having. And people can uh, check Brian out on Twitter at Brian F. Colin and on Facebook as well at the uh, same name. Brian, is there anywhere else we ought to be directing people to check you out?
0: Yeah. Uh, game Refuge on Facebook. Uh, uh, game Refuge Incorporated is my company for the last um, oh, 28 years uh, after we left Midway. Uh, uh, and our first game for that was, well, and then, uh, so that's Game Refuge. Check out Game Refuge on Facebook or Game Refuge. Uh, the website www.gamerefuge.com backslash along the way, and you can see probably about 80 of the games I've created since 1982. Nice little bit of history about each one. The uh, and it, it, is there room for a plug? Absolutely, do I have room for a plug here? One, the first game we did as a company, as Game Refuge, after we left the arcade industry for EA, kind of wooed us away. We did a game for Sega, um, which was the world's, if not the first, certainly the funniest uh, real-time strategy game ever made called General Chaos. And it was EA's number one original non-licensed title for the year it came out. It has a bunch of rabid fans, and we are finally, after 28 years, uh, 20 yeah, 27, 28 years, we're doing a sequel for it. So if there are any oh, General Chaos fans out there, go to... Uh, the general official General cast fan page on uh, Facebook, and we're looking for your input because we're going to be launching this thing here in probably less than a month and a half. It's going to be incredible. We're It's basically the same game that you played with a D-pad on the Genesis 30, almost 30 years ago, except really brought to an incredible new level. We're having a lot of fun with it, and that is... That's my plug for the today. I, you know, hope we don't have to cut that all of that out either.
1: I'm not going to cut any of it out. Know. That sounds <laughs> really cool, and it's got to be uh, so exciting for you know the hardcore fans. All these years later, getting a sequel.
0: The response has been incredible. It really has. I'm, I'm, I'm real happy with it. So. So oh, yeah, we're doing that, and and I keep saying the cutout part only because I I do know that I ramble, and uh, I don't know. You said we needed to be done in an hour, and I feel like we've been talking for about two. So
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> no. give or take an hour. It can be forty minutes. It can be an hour and a half. I'll sit here and talk. I promise you. It's just oh, cool. an <laughs> hour is just typically around talk. where I like to keep syndication wise. But... Sounds good.
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm done now. My feet are up, and I'm on my third beer. So. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for letting me expound.
1: No, uh, Brian, I, thank you it. for being here to hear your stories. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. And congratulations to you and all your success. Uh, it sounds like it's uh, well-deserved and much earned. And uh, again, just thank you for being here with us today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. This has been fun. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go
3: to com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, buy some merch, become a patron, see some YouTube videos. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. I feel like I forgot something.
1: Yeah, They'll put it together once they go to the website, I'm sure. It's all there in yep. one nice before-
3: package. If if they heard episode before, they've heard it.
1: <laughs> they know the spiel. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Just like they know if they wanna find us on Twitter, they can go at air pod and on Instagram at Canda underscore Air. And speaking of spiels, patreon.com forward slash air pod. five dollars a month. Get you access to the Candare Patreon pod. We wanna hear from you people, six one four-two five four three three. Three two, Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We won't answer, I promise, so there won't be any awkward conversation. Just <laughs> shoot us a text. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you like, what you dislike, ideas for the show. Just say hi. Whatever it is, we want to hear from you. We see your numbers. We know you're listening. Pick up your damn phone. Come on. We want to hear from you. Heavy breathing. You're good. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take a heavy uh, breathing voicemail over no voicemail. I'll take it. (laughs) And don't forget, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on RedlineRadioLLC.com, you can check out classic episodes of Canned Air. Two hours of classic Canned Air every morning with your breakfast. What more do you need, people? All right. uh, Gentlemen, anything else before we move on, before we go? Uh,
3: I don't think so.
1: That's a show. I think that's a show. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty.
0: I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Brian Colin, but I won't be there next time.
1: <laughs> this is true, Brian, but we will get you back in the future. This has been a lot of fun. Sounds good. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening.
0: It's the K in there podcast. They talking comics, pop culture talking all that. Movies, TVs, toys, video games, man. It's going down at the retro round table, man. You know we probably got a voice actor on Maybe even got a screen actor, man. You never know. Jeremy going all on the midget turtles, Jack's on the ticks. Brandy about to make it about video games. Man, that's how you know this is. In there, in there, in there, in there, in there. It's a Can There
1: Podcast. In there, in there, in there. dog. Hi puppy. Nice puppy. Oh no. Don't run. It'll only make things worse. Ow. Remember, Ow. you never want to approach Ow. a stray dog, especially one that's Ow. foaming at the oh, mouth. Man. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. Hey. And knowing is half the battle.
3: G.I. Joe. do not